paisley sperm wear. That makes so much sense right, to me. Exactly. Oh my god, my favorite shirt in 1986 was Paisley. Hello and welcome to Lucky Number Seven episode of the Vag Dialogues. I'm your host Claire Sampson, and I have with me. Have with me here the lovely Amanda Claire Page now. Hello. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for making the drive all the way out to the fabulous Romeo Thrill to record. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Even better. We like when people are excited to be here. Yes. It makes for more interesting and fun conversation. So does wine. Wine helps. Wine Yay. helps a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Does your glass need to be refilled before we I th- start? I think we're doing okay. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. there's more wine where that came from. Oh, don't I know it. Oh, yes. Always okay. good. Um, so you've stated your name for the record. Your name is Amanda Claire. Amanda Claire Page. Ooh. So is Amanda Claire <laughs> your first name? Or okay. is it Amanda Claire? Can you explain the whole history? This is something I've never asked you. I, I sure can. My, um, I was the youngest of three um, my my parents actually lost their third son um, before I was born, um, but I had two older brothers who were four and three when I was born, and when they brought me home from the hospital, they said, well, you know, talking to the boys at the dinner table, well, should we call her Amanda, or should we call her Mandy, and, you know, what should we call the baby? And my oldest brother, whose name is Matt, by the way. <laughs> Small world. Awkward. But my oldest brother said... Her name is Amanda Clare. And thus it became. And to the point where even my all of my brother's friends call me that. And to hear the name Amanda is truncated to me. It sounds short. Right. Because I'm so used to hearing Amanda Clare. And mm-hmm. like the A gets dropped off at the beginning. And it's always just Amanda Clare. Mm-hmm. But it's Amanda and, you know. I mean, my mom's friend came to my graduation and was looking for Amanda Claire in the program and couldn't find it under the seas because she was so used to hearing Claire and she was thinking Claire was my last name, but, you know, so. Oh, how funny. It is funny. Is it technically your middle name or has it become your hyphenated, like, first name? It's technically my middle name. There's okay. no hyphen there except okay. that my mother has never written it without a hyphen. Okay. Because I've so. seen it hyphenated many, many, many times, so I was never quite sure. Yeah, I've always just tossed the hyphen in there mm-hmm. and... um but it's because my mom always put it in there. I've never seen her write my name without the hyphen, unless it was first name here, second name there. Right. You know, but whenever it's, re- in, you know, it referencing me in any kind of correspondence right. or anything, it's always Amanda-Claire. Yes. So that's, I've just kind of stuck with it. So. That's awesome. Um, be yeah. careful. I have a funny story to go with that. Okay. So my mother... Um, when she was growing up. There's kind of a funny name story to her name to begin with, and then it gets worse. So when <laughs> she was born, my grandfather, um, my fa- my mother's family is very Irish. My grandfather was 100% Irish, grew up in St. Paul's, where they um, were at a very Irish community up there. And she was named, he was going to name her Mary. She was the fourth daughter born. Mm-hmm. And he did not want them to call her Mary whatever, Okay. So he named her Mary Virginia because he couldn't think of anyone that would be in their right mind that would actually say Mary Virginia. Mary they would Virginia. call her Mary. Okay. And that's what he wanted to call her. So he named her Mary Virginia. And when my mom got married, she became Mary Virginia O'Connor Brandt with uh, Virginia O'Connor as middle names and Brandt as her last name. Right. 
Well, my parents have been married. They got married in 1978, so they've been married a long time, mm-hmm. over 30 years. And about four or five years ago, the IRS contacted her because they had her name hyphenated somewhere in some of their records. Oh, that's funny. And they thought she hadn't been paying taxes, which is stranger <laughs> still because you pay off your social security number. Right. But somewhere along the bowels of the universe, her name is Mary, middle name Virginia, last name O'Connor hyphen Brandt. Oh, that's funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I have always maintained one last name. Yeah. Of the three I've had. So, but it's only ever been one. I haven't hyphenated the last name and I've never legally hyphenated the middle name, the, the first two names. So... I have been, um, that's why I went with O'Connor as my middle name when I got married and dropped Brant, because Claire O'Connor Brant Sampson was way too many last names <laughs> for anyone to have. Right. And I could have gone Claire Brant Sampson, mm-hmm. but I've always liked the O'Connor aspect of it. Sure. I was named O'Connor so my mom could have equal bidding, as she called it, because we would have been baptized with our first and middle names in the Catholic Church. So okay. um, she took my father's name in exchange we were our middle names are O'Connor, so nice. I've always loved that part of my name. And so, since Claire is um, a throwback to my dad's original name, as mm-hmm. well as Saint Claire of Assisi, that's kind of the name he picked out for mm-hmm. me. And O'Connor's the name my mom picked out for me, which is why I kept those two. You're very lucky. My dad came home from work one day when they were expecting me, and he came home with the most beautiful name ever. He was absolutely convinced that it was the best name. They had already decided on Claire. And he looked at my mom and said, Claire, Annette. And my mom fell down on the floor laughing. <laughs> and my dad was so offended at her laughing at him. He, he couldn't understand why she was laughing at him. And then she had to explain why Clarinet was not an appropriate name for the child. So there you have it. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. That makes my day. Yeah. My grandmother, who was an amazing woman, and I don't remember much of her. She died when I was five. My mom was going to name both my sister and I Peter if we were boys. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was dead set against that because that's what you call a man's penis. Well, it's true. <laughs> that was her. I mean, your grandmother's a very smart woman. <laughs> right? She also called Paisley Spermware. That makes so much sense right? to me. Exactly. Oh, my God. My favorite shirt in 1986 was Paisley. A.K.A. Spermware. Yeah. <laughs> and it was purple. Oh. I was the coolest kid in 1988. Right? Can I exactly. just say? Okay. My grandmother also has one more pearl of wisdom, and it goes very much along with the uh, Claire Sampson train of thought, which is, um, you know, birth control Nazi over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't understand why all of these people, all of these Catholics were not going on birth control. She's like, if you're going to sin, sin all the way. Right. So if you're already going to have premarital sex, might as well take the pill right. and just do some extra penance and call it a day. There you go. She grew up Methodist, which is why, in converted to Catholicism, which okay. is why she was full of all of these wonderful pearls of wisdom, and I love that. Yeah. If you're going to sin, sin all the way. My, my grandma had a pearl of wisdom, and... <laughs> 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 this was in, in... Oh, gosh. Okay, Chandler had to... My brother Chandler, he had to be, oh, 15 at the time. So if he's 15, I'm 12, which makes this 1984. Okay, 1984. I was one. Yeah, oh God. Okay, so 1984, we're sitting at the, at the dinner table eating Thanksgiving dinner, and my mom was so excited, she brought home this new product called sea salt in a, in a grinder. Yeah. And my grandma, who liked Chandler more than anybody else on the planet, saw Chandler pick up this uh, grinder of sea salt. 
And she leaned over to him, and Chandler starts laughing uproariously. And everybody looks at him like, what's so funny? And he said, Grandma just told me not to use the sea salt because Iranians pee in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I never heard her mention any other country ever by name, other than she was German of heritage. She, I never knew her to have any kind of offensive language against anybody. She never spoke bad about anybody. I mean, she was she was a a bit strange. I would say um, she was less uh, sane than most, <laughs> which is why she would say such a thing. But we all just thought we just fell apart laughing because. What a thing to say to a 15-year-old boy <laughs> who's just trying to put some salt on his Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Oh, my so, gosh. That's all awesome. funny. That, like, makes my day. That's, yeah. That's beautiful. It's, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> all right, so on to our um, next question. Since we've discussed your name as opposed to asking about your name, do you remember when we met? No. Me neither. Oh, good. I was, because, you know, I, I've, I've heard you ask others on other right. podcasts, and I'm going, uh, when did, oh, crap. shit, I don't remember. She, she's always just been there. <laughs> she's uh, She wasn't there. I knew she existed, and then she was there. So I can say for certain that when I pledged Sigma Delta, as right. I'm a Beta Sigma, um, Jared was around, and I believe you were pregnant? Probably knocked up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. When did you, what year did you pledge? Oh, seven. Spring oh, of 07. I was pregnant with Connor. Yeah, I yeah. thought, see, okay, see, there's my memory. That that actually worked that time. Um, but Jared was coming around when I was pledging, and you were not. Yes. And then one day we were at your house mm-hmm. for something. Right. So it was just like, you you always existed in, in my knowledge, so what right. the, the day we actually met doesn't really, it's not solidified no. in my head. I remember learning of you or knowing of you during um, Togo what that year at Toga or Togoween I don't remember mm-hmm. if you were spring or fall for it, I was spring I was Snoga Snoga that was okay. me you were Snoga <laughs> so I remember there because you guys had your um, nicknames at the time Mm-mm. no I don't think so did we no maybe I don't remember no. but that's when I remember knowing of your class like uh-huh. I didn't really know your class like they were like there are the pledges I was too busy talking to other yeah. people our toga was like the very first weekend which was okay, incredibly yeah. It, yeah it was incredibly unusual for our regular pledging right. process like you might not but have even met me at that party I didn't because so, you were pregnant because I was pregnant and I was drunk it's okay there's drinking no beer, but I'll tell you what, Mel served beer like nobody else. She walked around with a with her pitcher, and I skirted everybody. I was, I was like, I don't want to serve these kids beer, so I kept running around mm-hmm. so nobody could pin me down. It was awesome. <laughs> Good plan. I don't ever remember serving anyone beer when I was pledging ever. Yeah. I don't even remember fetching anyone. None of this moon rule stuff. You know, I think yeah. they had too many other people to pick on. I sure. just was an afterthought. Yeah, Mel, right. Mel had a pitcher all night and served very well. Alan, I think, had two pitchers, and one was for serving and one was for drinking. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Cool. Well, um, we've already discussed earlier, you don't have any crazy Claire stories. I don't. Which is so sad. Like I said, we might have to like ditch this topic for something else because <laughs> nobody has any stories or will not <laughs> disclose them. Right. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. Um, so we'll bop into the next one, which is what fact about you surprises people the most? 
Oh, um, I think that what surprises people the most is that on my dad's side, I'm a first generation American. Yes. Ah, see, haha, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, my dad is from England. Merry old England. Merry old England. I'm sorry for my bad which, accent. Oh, that's all right, dear. But see, that's why I can slip into my English accent quite easily and quickly and then come right out of it again. But my dad um, came over here in like 68. Gotcha. So he's and, been here a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a long time. But he still has an accent and he still can't speak a proper American accent, which oh, really? is hilarious when he tries. <laughs> um, but he, and, and when I was nine years old, I went back with him to England he, and he started talking funny yeah. because my ear was so used to hearing his voice. Right. But when he went back amongst his people, I will use that term loosely. Right. Um, he slipped into a deeper brogue that I didn't understand as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you naturally pick up the brogue of the person you're speaking with? Oh God. I had to walk away from an Irishman at, um, Disney because, you know, they hire people from the countries to work at Epcot. Right. And I was in, in the store at the Rose and Crown. I was buying a little purse, a little coin purse that I still have from like five years ago. And um, he started talking to me and I found myself slipping into it. And I was like, I was getting so embarrassed because I didn't want to offend him. Right. Because you don't know if you're offending people Absolutely. or not. You know, and, um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh. <laughs> I excused myself and walked away because I didn't want to insult him because my Irish is not as good as my English. Right. Oh, so. I, I, do, I do it too. I've always um, accidentally slipped into things, especially as I start to talk to people more. And one of the, there's somebody like at work, for example, that's that's from Ireland, one of the maintenance guys that are building. And every time I run into him at breakfast and we start to talk, I have to like consciously not like shut up mm-hmm. myself and my brain, not just mm-hmm. because of the accent thing too, but because I think it's an Irish trait. Mm-hmm. Because if you're an Irish American, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if you come from an Irish family, you're like, I'm Irish. But Irish people don't actually think we're Irish because we're not. We're really Americans. And I right. understand that. Yeah. But it's one of those like weird things. Like when you meet someone that else that's Irish American or you meet someone Irish, you're like, I'm Irish too. And they're all mm-hmm. like, I don't. Especially <laughs> actual Irish people are like, what's yeah. your fucking point? Yeah. Oh, where were you born? Oh, United States. That doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. And so you want to, like, talk to them, mm-hmm. and especially because I've been there before. Right. So I, like, and I'm like, don't do it because you're just going to embarrass yourself. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. Yep. I had a, I worked at a bar <laughs> called Old Glory, and our, our sign was the American flag. Yeah. And I want to say it was my first week working there. Yeah. And there was an Irishman in the bar. And I was all excited because I was, like, 22, 23 at the time, maybe, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I said... Oh, you're Irish. I said, my dad's from England. And he kind of looked at me funny and smiled and said, that's nice, and finished his beer, and I never saw him again. And I worked there for a whole other year and never saw him again. And, I I mean, I worked. I worked. I worked six days a week from, like, you know, three in the afternoon until close, and I never saw him again. You were the creepy bartender. No, I was the English bartender, and he was Irish. Right. And <laughs> Even worse. Exactly, because right. as my, my brother one time was working with an Irishman who said, you know, Chan said to him, you know, what's what's the deal with, with Irish people? And, and the Irish guy says, oh, you know how you have your, your 4th of July? And Chan says, yeah, of course. And he says, and you know what you celebrate then? And he goes, yeah, independence. And he goes, we don't have a 4th of July. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, yes. So good deal. Well, I'm glad. glad I'm, I'm glad not. we're not fighting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we're friends. We're friends. Yeah. I'll try not to hold it against you too much. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And your pick of this week is 
pick one, Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs> the blankest look on Amanda's face ever. Which one wrote... Um... <laughs> You're doing this to me. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, organic chemistry <sighs> is where I've been for the last two I know, years. and okay. I'm going to make you go back to theater. Yes, Angela Lansbury and the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. And oh, who wrote Sweeney Todd? Sweeney Todd. That's my favorite. Crap. That I'm going to have to look up. And that's, see, okay, and that's... I don't think it's either, is it? I don't know. And that's not, um... But I, I saw Cats three times. I liked Cats, so that's Weber. Uh, Cats is Andrew Lloyd Weber. yes. Yes. So I enjoy, I, you know... I, oh, gosh. Sondheim, he did Into the Woods. Yes, he did. I found Into the Woods tedious because Aww. it was a bunch of libretto. That's just my personal opinion, and all my theater friends can attack me for that, and that's fine. But it was just a lot of libretto, and it kind of drove me crazy. Did you see the... I haven't seen it live. I only saw the movie, movie so I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. I had... Sorry, folks. We're going to digress into the uh, breakdown of Into the Woods. The original version, Broadway version, starred Bernadette Peters. The Bernadette Peters. Amanda's trying to blank look again. I know who she is. I don't like her. Okay. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Love. Oh, nope. Sondheim. Sondheim is Sweeney Todd, by the way. Yeah, Sondheim okay. is Sweeney Todd, which makes sense. One it does. Singing, like, it's either that or it's, somebody else. Because it's more... Li- so it's more libretto. Um, but Into the Woods, if you only saw the, the movie version, mm-hmm. they cut out... They cut out my favorite song, uh-huh. and they changed a couple things. And I understood why they did it, especially for a um, theatrical release mm-hmm. of the play. Right. Because there are a couple parts to the, that I liked, actually, that they changed. There's this person called the Mystery Man that's the narrator. Mm-hmm. And though the song he does, he actually turns out to... He also plays The Baker's Father Comes Back at the end. Mm-hmm. And the song they do is... It's a good song, but it's slow. And it's at mm-hmm. the part of the... It's already a long show. Right. I liked how they cut it out and how they made it the Baker's voice. Because I love, love the guy that played the Baker. Jim... He, he was good. Condon, Jim... That's wrong. Yeah, he was good. I like him a lot. He's really funny. He's hosting one of the late night shows, too. I think he's... James Corden. James Corden. Okay. Love him. Um... I thought he did a great job. I mm-hmm. thought Emily Blunt also did a wonderful job. Love Ken- Andra Kendrick. I wasn't super happy with some of the choices on Cinderella. I didn't like her styling too much. And I don't understand why they changed some of the words to her song. I didn't think it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, Meryl Streep. Love me some Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Hated her version of um, the rap, which is what it is. It's actually it's considered, it's called a rap in the, in the music um, annotations. Of greens. I could tell that's not how it was supposed to be. Yeah. Tell, ask me why. I couldn't tell you why, because but I could tell you, that she wasn't performing it the way it was intended to be it was performed. Off beat mm-hmm. because it's greens, greens, and nothing but greens. Parsley, peppers, cabbages, and celery, and she mm-hmm. loses the cadence to it. Yeah. And in losing the cadence, I think you lost some of the musical integrity. Right. I also think she was busy being Meryl Streep and not the witch. Right. Which is, she was doing it, which right. is unusual for her. Right. She was too, it was too forced as the, as, especially mm-hmm. as the witch. Now when she transforms at the end, it was better. The mm-hmm. costume was spectacular. And the last midnight performance, which is one of the best songs in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Loved the last midnight. I was like, where has this person been this entire show? Because the okay. last minute was spectacular. I'm really glad you said that because I felt the same way. Okay. Yeah. Not just me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because Meryl Streep can be phenomenal, oh, yeah. but she can also be Meryl Streep. 
Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm at that point now where it's like, okay, I understand she's the most celebrated actress, and I understand that she's really, really, really good. I get it. Okay. And I think something happened to me when I was performing Doubt right. when the movie was in the theaters. Okay. And people were going to see the movie, and then they were coming to see me. And I was being compared to her. And I think that really kind of flipped a switch in me and made oh, me sure. and made me a little bit more critical of her performances. Now, to me personally, her all-time best performance is in *Lemony Snicket's: A Series of Unfortunate Events*. Oh, and I don't remember her in that one. The leeches. She was the crazy aunt who lived on the precipice, and then the house fell down, and she was living in the cave with the leeches. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. yeah. So, and she's phenomenal in that part. But you know, it's she's also playing opposite Jim Carrey, who can be phenomenal as well. And he was particularly so in that movie. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that Excellent was such a such a good um, yeah yeah abs- yes one of my favorite ones. I'm actually trying to look up. Because the original Broadway cast was an excellent cast. Like, such... Okay, Tom Aldridge. You probably know who Tom Aldridge is. Does that name sound familiar? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, And then Joanna Gleason was the baker's wife. You'd probably recognize her. Like, um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I remember her from Mr. Holland's Opus. It was one of the first places I remember her. I never saw it. Oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) Um, Chip Zen... Or Zine, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Z I E N. Like he's also a bunch of people that had been, um, that had been big when it first came out, or became big late. You know, not afterwards. Sure. Were some of the people that were in there? Mm-hmm. Um, like ah, the Prince was somebody else big too, and I'm not seeing um, see full opening night cast. The Prince was somebody big too. My every time we see him, I'm like, oh my god, so and so. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, um, who? Yeah, that's that's kind of my story with most things, um, entertainment. Because, like, as a theater person, I was performing and doing stuff, and I was busy, 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 and so I didn't have time to watch TV or mm-hmm. go to shows or learn other things. Right. And then, um, I... One of the reasons I got into theater so much is because I couldn't understand people on stage. My hearing is kind of muffled. I mean, it's not bad, but it's mm-hmm. kind of muffled. And I, I just couldn't make out what people were saying as clearly as I wanted to. And so I thought, if I knew the words, I'll, I'll be able to know it better and, mm-hmm. and I'll understand it better. And so that's one of the reasons, not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons why I was so interested in theater and, and pursuing it as a as a potential career, which has since changed. But, of course, it was um, my hearing and how to, you know, make out the words. It didn't work out too well. Gotcha. Yeah, no, Cinderella's (laughs) Prince was Robert Westenberg, who was on One Life to Live for a long time. See, I'm not, yeah. I'm not the geek. I'm not a theater geek. I I wasn't either, but, like, these are people, like, because, you know, this, it actually came out in, like, the 80s. So, like, he was in there, and then, um, and see, one of the other princes is Chuck Wagner. Yeah. Wagner or Wagner? Wagner. Okay, yeah, see, I... I, I would work. I have worked with people who I know would be crossing themselves and saying a prayer for me for not knowing who people on Broadway are and who, and who actors are, and and I get that. But you know, mm-hmm. I am who I am, and you know, my focus was always 
<laughs> kids. Oh, so. for sure. <laughs> well, and I think that's always the thing, too. Like, when I was look, watching it back and looking at, at everything, I just remembered watching the original uh, version of it, which is a stage production. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it on, on DVD and everything. And Bernadette Peters has been one of my favorite characters for a long time. I like how she does her things and changes it up. And mm-hmm. I love her voice. And mm-hmm. um, My I, favorite performance of hers is in the movie Annie. Annie. Oh, yeah. And, right? Like, Mr. I love, Cogburn's... And, um, she was in Anastasia. She does one of the voices in Anastasia, which is okay. one of my favorite movies. She yeah. plays um, Sophie, um, who uh, is taking care of the Dowager Empress after uh, she escapes into okay. Paris. Um, so I've, I've probably watched Anastasia once, maybe twice. However, Bartok the Magnificent, I've probably watched a hundred times because my kids were bonkers about that movie. So cute. Bartok the Magnificent. <laughs> all the cuteness and all the I names. know. Bartok the bear, or the bat with the bear cohort. And the- oh, and he has like some of the best one-liners both in the movie and in the other one. And mm-hmm. he's the same reason why I like, th- that type of character is why I like Mulan. is one of my favorite Disney movies. Because the shit that, um... Uh, Eddie Murphy says, is so yes. funny. <laughs> you are one lucky bug. It's just like, yes. and who are you? A, a cow, a, and what are you? A, a cow? I can't remember what he says to the horse. <laughs> yes. He's a, what are you, a sheep? <laughs> yeah. You know, because he, he's been calling the... Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. <laughs> right, because he, he's been calling the horse everything but a horse the yes. whole time. He's been calling a cow the whole time. He's yes. a cow the whole time. And then it's like, what are you, a sheep? And it's like, oh my God. It's just, you know. It's cards, and it's a happy to see you. I know his, <laughs> his 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 little red dragon is so much better than Donkey. Oh, Shrek. yeah, like so much. Like, come on, no, oh. Donkey is annoying, but this little red dragon in Mulan is oh so worth it. The watch, oh yeah. Oh, oh my god, well, treat yourselves if you haven't seen it. It is yeah. so fun. And then afterwards, watch the extras and watch Jackie Chan video of being a man in mm-hmm. Chinese or Cantonese or whatever. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's so funny. Okay, that didn't exist when I bought the DVD. Probably not. <laughs> but it's on YouTube for everybody else. Okay. If you want to laugh, <laughs> did you know Jackie Chan is the David Hasselhoff of China? I kind of did know that, actually. And David Hasselhoff is the David Hasselhoff of Germany, not America. Right. Did I say that wrong? Yes. It's late. It's been Friday. I've had a long week. <laughs> it's been Friday. Ugh. Oh my gosh. End of the world. All right. So we've turned um, our conversation into 26 minutes of chatter. Yay! Yay! Go us. You're welcome. So I guess um, before we move on to our, our, our discussion for the week, what do you eat on your Chipotle burrito? Very quickly. Quickly, I have white rice with a little green stuff in it. Mm. And I have a little bit of the fajita vegetables. Yum, yum. And then I have the um, pinto beans and chicken, and mild salsa, and lettuce, and um, cheese, and then I get a bag of chips, and I eat it with the chips as a spoon. As a spoon? Ah, see, totally. smart girl. That yep. sounds delicious. It is. Maybe we should make them bring Chipotle, except for I ate Chipotle yesterday and the day before that. Chipotle is always a good idea. Ask Mel. Ask That's <laughs> <laughs> my entire senior year at, at at Lewis. I was like, Chipotle's always a good idea. It is always a good idea. Always totally on board. 
Alrighty, so our article this week, well not necessarily article for the week, but our discussion this week is going to center around an article that I came across and a while ago and then somebody else posted and I was like, yes, I've been looking for this article because I refer back to it when I talk to people about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the article is, uh, Science's Lasting Relationships Comes Down to Two Basic Traits. It's by Emily Stefani Smith. Um, it was an article from the Atlantic, originally published November 9th, 2014. That's Matt's birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Yay. Um. I love how this article talks to some of the things that are near and dear to my heart to begin with. Um, I'm a big proponent of positive psychology, and this very much leans straight into that. Absolutely. Um, I want to devote a whole entire episode. I'm going to have to bring my good buddy Carly back because she read the book with me, How Full Is Your Bucket? Mm -hmm. Um, It was written by one of the founders of positive psychology or one of the persons. One of the people that kind of um, coined that whole phrase and mentality or mentality? That's, That's not, not a word. word. <laughs> <laughs> mentality. Thank you. That's You're the welcome. word I'm looking for. All right. Formed that whole mentality. Um, but he would have been a contemporary of the person that they refer back to here, who is John Gottman. Okay. He and his wife, Julie, founded the Gottman Institute. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a, a place where they were studying relationships and couples and how they interacted. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would have been contemporaries. Um, of one another. Of one another. Um, mm-hmm. Or similar to the guy that actually wrote How Full Is Your Bucket is the grandson of the father of positive psychology. Okay. can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but so this guy would have been, the Gottmans would have been starting their work as the grandfather was really getting into his publishing, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. Um, and so I think this really speaks very similarly to that, and I think it's very interesting. Um, I know uh, Amanda's read the article. Couple times, couple times. Mm-hmm. It is way too lengthy to read. It is. It is very lengthy. It's like four pages long here, but single spaced. Yeah, and it goes into a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought Amanda would be a good person um, to talk to, especially because she's been in more than one relationship. Yep, and um, that I'm willing to admit to. She's willing to. Admit to. <laughs> I think Claire has probably been in more than one relationship too. I but. really have not. Um, oh. <laughs> I dated one guy in high school for five days and one for six. Oh, okay. And then Jared. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I um I dated somebody for three months and then somebody for six months and then Roger. Okay, so you understand too. I do. And then um, after Roger was kind of uh, you know harem scarum. Some people might remember how crazy I got, and then Matt. There you go. So, there we are. But you've been in two very long-term relationships. Two long-term relationships, yes. Uh, one that did not survive and one that did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting, to, especially when we talk about some of how, um, wh- why things don't work out, well, mm-hmm. we can go through and see how, um, whether or not that worked for you. Absolutely. So, the two things that the article says are the basic traits relationships come down to are kindness and generosity. Yes. Which I know I said earlier um, when we were talking about it before we started recording was, I think it comes down to selflessness in many ways. Yes. You for, you make your decisions based on other people's interpretation yes. of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it too. And so many people can't do that. Mm-mm. So many people can cannot see outside of their own head as to how their behavior affects people around them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is utmost in maintaining a positive relationship is being able to look outside of your own head and be like, what can I do that's going to help you? Mm-hmm. Because if I help lift you up, 
I know you in turn are going to help lift me up. So right. uh, there was another um, video I'd watched recently in connection to one of these that was like why people cheat. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it came down to was like that they weren't, um, they weren't happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they started going outside and they were able to find the thrill. And it's basically what happens when you cheat with someone you're attracted to is it's basically the same chemical reactions of falling in love, whether or not you fall in love like you do with a spouse mm-hmm. is regardless, but you have fallen out of contentment with yourself yeah and then you like yourself better and that's where you leave and unfortunately along with that is the hurt and the betrayal you cause someone else right and that's where the selflessness and what you just said speaks to that is like mm-hmm. it's not you've forgotten that your actions have really dire consequences but you're so unhappy in who you are that that's mm-hmm. why that happens so. yeah absolutely and you know we don't we don't you know a lot of times we don't see how our behavior affects other people Mm -hmm. because if we're so busy focusing on what we're doing, we don't pay attention to those around us. And so when you can take your actions and base your actions on how it's going to affect everybody, all of a sudden you'll see everybody around you become happier Mm -hmm. as well as yourself because you feel this lightheartedness about yourself. You feel like I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish Mm -hmm. And I'm helping you accomplish what you want to accomplish. I mean, this is an amazing interaction. Oh, my gosh. You have completely just explained how full is your bucket. That is what you've done. I didn't even read it. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, because it's so true, because I think you are a very positive person, whether or not you believe in the quote-unquote positive psychology. That's what you've talked about. Yeah, I always have. The theory of the dipper in the bucket I'm, by the way, folks, I'm very hormonal today. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, so, <laughs> I almost made her once already. <laughs> well, and this is something that always touches me because it's very true. So everyone carries around an invisible bucket of happiness. Mm-hmm. When we have positive interactions with people, we fill not only their bucket, but we fill our own. Mm-hmm. When we have negative, we not only dip from theirs, but we dip from ours as well. So it's like our buckets are connected. And that's very true. Yeah. And that's just what you said. You wrapped all of that up without using the bucket analogy. You basically said when you have good things happen and you do good to other people, it's good for you and it's good for them. When you do mm-hmm. bad things, it, it hurts you as well as it hurts them. And that's yeah, totally absolutely. The and the, the hardest thing to do, the absolute hardest thing to do is to not hurt somebody back who has hurt you. Oh, it's so hard. Oh my God, is the hardest thing. If somebody has hurt me, mm-hmm. I just want to lash out and scream and rip their eyeballs out, but I don't mm-hmm. because I know that ultimately I'm only going to hurt them and I'm just going to regret it and it's just going to... It'll just be awful. Do you rant about all the things you're going to do and say to people? Because I do, and then I never do them. No, I really, I'm good at internalizing. That's good. Because I will rant. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to blah, 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 and then it never happens. I have ranted. I mean, mean, rarely do I get so angry Mm -hmm. at people that I have to rant. Yeah. um, Because I've practiced this this helping others, you know, lifting of others yeah. to lift myself kind of thing. I've practiced that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when I've had people who have attacked me, right. I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. I'm really not used to that because I, I, you know, I tend to, you know, I tend to get along with people for the most part. And so when somebody attacks me, full on attacks me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Right. What do I do with that? I don't know what to do with that. We, why are you trying to hurt me? That makes no sense to yeah. me. I can't understand what you're trying to do. Why are you trying to do that? And I, blah, 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 and I, and that's when I rant. Yeah. It doesn't happen too often. I'm usually so blown away when someone attacks me that I like can't react. Right. If exactly. Anything, I'm going to burst into tears. Exactly. Like, I just can't. I can't. Well, on that spot, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Later on, I'll probably be like, oh, I should have said this, and I should have said that, and I should have done the other, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and and 
and I think that's that's the mark of an intelligent mind and a and a warm heart mm-hmm. is somebody who doesn't know how to you know, lash out right. immediately when something hurts them. So Absolutely, for okay. sure. So let's move on. Yes. <laughs> um, the statistic in here is that only three in ten marriages remain happy and healthy. And that is not three, only, that means seven end in divorce. That's not the case. And this Mm-mm. study, and all the studies, break people into two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, the people, they call them, um, actually, they oh, they're call, horrible names. Yes, they call them masters and disasters. Yeah. Is what they call them, which masters is hilarious. Masters and disasters. The masters um, are people that remain together and happy. The disasters are people that either break up or are chronically unhappy. Mm-hmm. So they group those people together because chronically unhappy people honestly should get divorced. They're yes. chronically unhappy. I have always been a proponent, and maybe you can counteract me or counter- contradict me. That's the word. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time with vocabulary tonight. English, that's the word, that's the language we're using today. Right? Apparently, I okay. didn't get the memo. Oh, well, sorry. I have always <laughs> been a proponent that people should not stay together for the sake of their children. And everyone always tells me, well, you're just talking from your high horse and blah, 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 because you're, you're in a happy marriage and you don't get to make that decision for other people. I'm like, absolutely, mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand... Like, I get that there's times where you have to do the right time. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. But yes. there are lots of people <clears throat> that remain married till their children graduate high school or college or whatever mm-hmm. because they're doing it for the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you on the same boat? Are you on my boat? Or are you... I'm totally on your boat. Okay. I, yeah, I have met enough women now at my age because, you know, I'm a few years couple, years barely, older. Barely. Barely. I'm barely a whisper older than whisper Claire. Older. And, um, but I've met women who have struggled through their relationships and struggled through and then flat out divorced when the kid graduated high school. Well, okay, happy graduation. Now we're divorcing. What kind of, who does that? That's not thinking of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's thinking of yourself, not thinking of the welfare of your children. Right. That's, that's forcing your children into a situation that's going to make them feel guilty. Oh, God, I made my mom and dad stay together because, oh, my God, they'd have been miserable. They were miserable. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Whereas women who take charge, men who take charge and say, you know what, this is not working between us, but before we hurt ourselves too much, Mm -hmm. we can make it work for the kids. Absolutely. That is a sign of a healthy departure from Mm -hmm. a relationship and i think that's that's initially how um my ex and i separated Mm -hmm. we were able to say you know what this is not working for us anymore we both have done things that that you know Mm -hmm. in hindsight probably weren't the best for our relationship and for our family Mm -hmm. but we can still get along we can still talk and let's let's you know part Mm -hmm. the c's here I've had, you know, other people like, you know, Matt and his ex, they separated at such a time where they can still talk, they can still carry on a conversation that benefits the children. And that's the most important thing. If you hurt each other and hurt yourselves to the point where you can't benefit the children, who you're, I mean, that's really, you're not thinking about them. You're thinking about yourself. Yeah. Once again, I just tear up here because it's so, oh God, I feel that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to look like the good guy because I stayed and I was there and I, no, 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 you are not the good guy. If you're, if you want to look like you're the good guy Mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not thinking about who is benefiting from this action. Right. And two happy people in separate relationships are better for for your children. Absolutely. And you know what? I, it's Divorces are hard. 
They are, no matter I, who I've, it is, yes. no matter what's I've never happening. gone through it, but I've seen it, and mm-hmm. it hurts people, and it's hard on both parties. Even the, yep. even even if even if they don't end well, if something happens, you know, whether yes. someone cheats or you know loses a job and lies about it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, there's all kind of reasons mm-hmm. um, that people get divorced, but. The, the transitions are hard. Of course, they're going to be hard, and you know it might. It's going to be hard on your kids too. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. No. But they're going to look back and go, you know what? We had a rough couple years, but in the end, look how happy mom was. Look yeah. how happy dad was. Yep. And and they can say, I see why you did it. I understand now. Right. They might not understand when it's happening mm-hmm. because now their idea of what the world is is changing. Right. And it's a lot of people can't handle change. No. But for when they when they can look back and they can see, you know, when my kids came to me and said, I get it, mm-hmm. okay. You know, and I, I will never to this day, and I swear up and down, left and right, I will never bash their father mm-hmm. because he is their father. Right. But they've come to me and they've complained about him and I've let them complain to me and I just say, yep, okay, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I understand, right. yep, I get it, yes. And I know they've complained to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they get the same kind of sympathetic ear or the same all-knowing ear, but mm-hmm. I just, I let them complain to me because I know that he loves them and I know he cares for them and I know that they're safe with him, mm-hmm. but, you know, they now understand why we can't be together. Absolutely. And, and so that's a good thing. We are, <clears throat> parents are our children's first interpretation of life. Yes. We show them how to interact with other people. Absolutely. And the only relationship they have firsthand knowledge of is the shitty one. Yep. Parents that shouldn't be together. Yep. What are you teaching your kids? Absolutely. You're not teaching them to state, you're not teaching, you're not teaching them how to love. You're not teaching them how how to have happy, healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. You're just not. Yeah. Just yeah. like um, people that never, ever fight in front of their kids, yeah. they say is kind of a disservice. You should children. Now, there's certain things that should be behind closed doors, certain discussions and yes, topics. absolutely. But if you can't occasionally quabble and show your children how to resolve conflict, same mm-hmm. thing. Yep. They don't quite understand. They don't ever see it. Like people who, I never saw my parents fight. Well, how are they going to learn to fight? Got to learn yeah. to fight sometime. Well, yeah, and I never saw my parents fight either, and then one day they were divorced. Oh, Okay. <laughs> left field, right? Well, all right. You know, and, and, and my dad said to me, because I was eight years old at the time, and he said, it's just the next step in life. And that's how I understood it. Mm-hmm. The next step in life was that mom and dad got divorced, and dad moved out, and okay, that's the next step. It's a really shitty step. I don't like that step. <laughs> did you, um, <laughs> did, were your par- was your parents' divorce amicable or no? Um, it was not amicable, but I didn't know it at the time. Gotcha. Because I was eight. Right. You know, I was eight, and so I didn't I didn't know. Um, but their divorce came about because they should never have gotten married in the first place. They did mm-hmm. not see eye to eye on anything. They did not understand each other. They did not. Mm-hmm. They were oil and water. You know, I mean, my dad was a, a teacher mm-hmm. at a university, and as part of, and everybody knows, if you're a teacher and you're trying to build your career, you you network Mm -hmm. and you sometimes occasionally will bring somebody out for dinner. Well, my dad was bringing somebody home for dinner and he called my mom to say, I'm bringing somebody home for dinner. And she would get angry that she had to make dinner for somebody else. Why the hell do I have to make dinner for somebody else? And my dad couldn't understand why my mom was getting upset about making dinner for somebody else. And she couldn't understand why he was bringing somebody else home for dinner. Right. Okay. I get 
both sides, mm-hmm. which is why you shouldn't be together. Right. <laughs> because right. both of you are wrong and mm-hmm. both of you are right. Yes. And and you can't make that work. You just can't make that work. Well, and you know, we've I've known, I think we've talked before too. Like I think it's, it's a, it takes a specific person to be like a military wife or a corporate wife. wife. Absolutely. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And the one thing I'm lucky, I'm a PK, so I have been. What's a PK? I'm a pastor's kid. Oh, I've been exposed (laughs) to a lot of different things. That makes so much sense to me. (laughs) I can turn it on and turn it off in certain areas. So, like, there's a big difference. The person I am amongst my friends is not the person I'm going to be when um, Jared takes me to a work function. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. though I can talk to anyone about anything, and I absolutely at any will. time. Yep. You know, can you believe a Claire that's seen and not heard? It no. actually exists. <laughs> it's rare, but it happens. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes you just nod and smile and be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's lovely to meet you," and things like that. Because absolutely. sometimes you just need to be that person. You do. And sometimes it's going to be those things, and to have to deal with that. And similar to someone that works in the military as well, you, a certain type of person has to be able to deal with that, the spouse. Same thing with yeah. any sort of like um, thing like a police officer and this, that, and the other thing. Absolutely. It's not, not not the same person for everyone, and you have to be able to deal with some of those situations. Yeah. I have a, I have a girlfriend in Indy who is a military wife, and she is an amazing military wife. And when her husband has to go overseas, he's on his third tour right now, when he's on his tours, she rallies up all the other army wives, and she's on Facebook rallying them up, and let's do this, and let's mm-hmm. do that, and now we're going to get these boxes together to send off. And, and in the meantime, she's teaching, mm-hmm. and I, I could not do that. Right. I couldn't do that. I would be weeping at home going, I want my husband home. Oh, God, yeah. I'd be I would not be, yeah, I would not be rallying the troops to join mm-hmm. with me in my, you know, in my husband's absence. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Matt would go overnight to Iowa when he was a truck driver, and, like, he'd have to stay overnight in Iowa, and sometimes I would go with. Right. I would drive out to Iowa just so I could stay the night with him because I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that I couldn't do it. Right. And I'm a, a, we, not just I, but Jared and I are a communicative relationship. We yes. talk a lot. Yeah. And we are partners mm-hmm. in a lot of things. And because of that, I would have a hard time when my partner for decision making yeah. was not anywhere nearby. Because even if um, I don't, even if like Jared doesn't necessarily make the decision, I oftentimes, I bounce, we bounce stuff off each other a lot. Yes. Hey, I'm thinking about this. And because of that, oh my God, that drive me crazy. He did his MCSE class one time. It was gone for like a couple weeks, staying at a hotel. MCSE. His uh, Microsoft um, certification. Something, Microsoft something. Systems. Okay. Yeah, something with Microsoft. Something, something. Yes, I can't remember <laughs> what it stands for. He's getting all his Microsoft Office certs. And okay. when he was doing that, like, we were on the phone every night for hours. Jared mm-hmm. and I don't talk on the phone. We talked more in a day than Jared and I talk an entire year on the phone. Sure, yeah. Because, like, we are, like, we text. We're texters, mm-hmm. but we, we talk on the phone because, like, we miss each other. And we mm-hmm. like being in the same space quite frequently. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. That's, that's how it is with Matt. When he goes away, mm-hmm. you know, we have our, uh, we used to have a video camera set up so that we could see each other. And then it was like, you know... Um, he got a new computer, and then that didn't work, and something, something. And but we we still are communicating mm-hmm. all the time when he's away. We talk every single day when he's gone, and I didn't have that with in any other relationship mm-hmm. where I was like, I feel so drawn to this person that I need to communicate with them, right? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. We talk at length and ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we just do, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
and like, everything. And sometimes I even feel like I'm a 13-year-old girl because he makes me giggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's so, okay. Anyway, so. No, laughter is good, and I think that, that speaks to the article, too. Cause it does. Was, he talks, um, like I said, it's a very long article. Okay, can I just say real yes. quick that one time Matt was doing something and I was giggling, mm-hmm. and he he kind of got a little sad about it, and I was like, oh oh god, I'm a girl, I'm mm-hmm. a girl, I'm giggling. That's why I'm giggling because I'm a girl. I just and I love you, and you yeah. know, and but he didn't understand where my giggling was coming from, and I was like, because I'm a girl, it's okay, right? It's totally right. Yeah, don't get hurt. Yeah, I'm not making fun of I'm you. I'm not making fun I'm of you. Not. I'm just. I'm, I'm a girl and I'm in love and so that's how it goes. Absolutely. So deal with it. All right. They did. Um, he they talk in the article about two studies. He did the first one to talk about short um, to shorten it up. Basically, uh-huh. he measured people's um, heart rates and stuff while they talked about their relationships. Yeah. And he came up with two groups. The first group actually um, showed um, an physical arousal in the physiological state. Mm-hmm. So they were there. Even though their words might be kind or sound kind, their body was going through a flight or flight. Fight or, or flight. flight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Where the people, um, the masters, were going through, um, they were showing a cycle. Psycho- rest and relax. Rest and relax. Because they were going through um, psychological arousal is what they call it. Mm-hmm. But th- their heartbeat was slow and steady. and you know, the, But their brain waves were active. Um, so he did that study first and then went back and revisited them six years later. And based on just the physiological response... He was able to determine with, I love this number, 94% accuracy whether or not couples were going to be together or separate. So he said, F this, let's go do it again, only let's do it more involved. And so he took and he created this little, like, fake bed and breakfast, brought in, like, 160 couples. He called it the Love Lab. The Love Lab. It was in 1990, which is the year I graduated high school. I'm just going to let that go. Um, 130, 130 newlywed couples and brought in, um, once again, to, to see them at the beginning versus what happened years down the road. And he was, again, able to determine, based on how they were interacting, this time instead of hooking them up to nodes, they just observed. And they found out that people, they call them bids, but people would reach out to their partner for interaction. Mm-hmm. And based on how many times they returned that interaction was whether or not they stayed together. Absolutely. And once again, it statistically proved to be the case. And that was little things like they use a bird example, like the one person's reading a book, the other one's looking out the window, go, the, the person looking out the window goes, oh, look, a bird. If the person holding the book went, oh, yeah, yeah, great, great, that's nice, and didn't look up, mm-hmm. they didn't return their bid. But the person that at least, you know, acknowledged, turned towards them and went, oh, yeah, the bird's really cool. You know, because that person's trying to engage them. They're not just commenting to comment. They're trying mm-hmm. to engage their partner and whether or not they return the bid. Right. They're looking for yes. validity of being together. Yes. Why Why am I with you? Because we're interacting. Mm-hmm. If we're not interacting, then why am I with you? Right. And if, <laughs> That's I, kind of and if I didn't want to interact with you, I wouldn't have said it out loud. Exactly. It would have stayed there. Exactly. And if you don't want to interact with me by not acknowledging what I'm saying, then I'll go on and I'll find somebody who will interact with me and acknowledge what I'm saying. Absolutely. And that's that's how you you feed your relationship by acknowledging your partner's bids. Mm-hmm. And whatever that bid may be, it could be so subtle. It could be, oh, look at the bird outside. Or it could be walking past you and brushing their hand against your hand. Absolutely. It could be something so subtle. But if you don't pay attention to your partner's bids, mm-hmm. then... You're going to find yourself um, alone. And they even went into being even deeper into not just that you responded, but how you responded. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. 
had to segue for a second, had to put in our order for food, and then Amanda started laughing right as I hit the record button. Whoops. Hey, we had important things to discuss, like food. Totally. Hello. Mommy. Mara. So they break it apart into four ways that you can break down how you respond to your partner. And I really liked the examples, and I think they explain them very well. So the first one is, um, the first partner says, I got into med school. Exclamation point. Let me rephrase. The person goes, I got into med school. I got into pharmacy school. There you go. We can do that. Yes. And there's a couple different ways you can respond. The first one is called passive destructive. And the person responds. We should do this as actors. Okay. I got into pharmacy school. You wouldn't believe the great news I got today. I got a free t-shirt. Oh. This is called passive destructive. It's destructive, but it's not directly. You know, you're just kind of passing it off. You're you're, um, taking them down a notch, but without doing it directly. It's the, I'm not being mean, but you're being mean by not being supportive. The other way would be, I got into pharmacy school. That's great, babe. This is called passive constructive. Which means, once again, you're not actively doing anything wrong, but you're being passive on it. Yes, it's a positive statement, but it's not... Yeah. Eh, exactly. It's not eh, supportive. It's not supportive. All right. I got into pharmacy school. Are you sure you can handle all the studying? And what about the cost? Pharmacy school is so expensive. Fuck you. Exactly. Oh, sorry. This would be active destructive. Yep. It's 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 once it's destructive, but it's very obviously destructive. Very very forceful. And then the last one. I got into pharmacy school. That's great. Congratulations. When did you find out? Did they call you? What classes are you going to take? Oh my god, it's so oh exciting! My god, I'm so oh. excited. This is active constructive responding, and once again, I'm sure as people can guess, the active construction constructive is the kindest because it's not just what you respond; it's how you respond, and it it goes back to the helpful is your bucket thing, and the as well, you know, like everything we say has does things to somebody else. It's like, and we've all had days, and even people in good relationships have them where you go in and you say. You know, you've had a really bad day and your person goes, oh, good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they don't, they don't, like, they, and it's hard every day to come and go, it is. Let, tell it me is. about your shitty day. Right. You know. Right. But, but that's what, that's what the words I'm sorry are for. Yes. That's what, you know, when, you know, we as humans are allowed to reflect on what we've said and what we've done. Mm-hmm. And we are able to look back on what we said and what we've done and we can say, I'm proud of what I did or I maybe should have done that better. Right. And you can approach the person who you have slighted and mm-hmm. say... You know, I should have I should have approached that a little bit better than I did, and mm-hmm. you know, I can improve myself, or I will do better next time, or if I don't do better next time, you know, no, at least I, that I'm thinking of you, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Or I, I mean, realize I hurt you. Yeah, I realized that like how I responded was not was not was not good. One of our big things is tone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We talk about tone a lot. Because yep. one, I overinterpret tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jim, oh, some... are you a cancer slash theater yes, major? I am. And then oh, I think, so am I. I think too sometimes Jared, when he is frustrated, because I'm, I'm, I can be intense. I understand that. When he's frustrated, yeah. sometimes he'll say things that 
the, I think they fall under one of the passive categories, <laughs> one of the passive constructives mm-hmm. or one of the um, passive uh, destructives because mm-hmm. he'll respond to something. And he's like, well, I wasn't being mean. I'm like, dude, did you, I want to record you and play it back. Right, right. Like, I don't think you, and sometimes it's very subconscious for him. Mm-hmm. He's not actively doing it. It's definitely subconscious. Right, right. Um, and I yeah. think it's different too than, um, because we both had parents that stayed together a long time, but our parents' relationships are very different. How oh, yeah. they interact together. Yeah. Um, my parents are far more, let's sit down and discuss this, people, where Dan and uh, Patty are far more like, let's just have it out. Right, um, right. But both parents are very much partnerships as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, discussion and, like, the big important things are, are there, and they're a very united front. Um, but it's different in how they interact in those ways. So it's um, how they fight is very different. Right, And right. so now you have how I fight versus how Jared fights, and now we kind of have, like, a melding of how we fight. Yeah. But it kind of depends on the fight. Yeah. Although we don't fight particularly often. We have squabbles more than anything. Yeah. I mean, Matt and I don't really fight. We just kind of, we can, we, we both are very cerebral. Mm-hmm. We both like to think about things long and hard before we say a word because we both don't want to say the wrong thing. As opposed <laughs> to Jared and I that are like, bleh. <laughs> yes. And now we're vomiting out all our words. <laughs> so we do. Um, but Matt and I will sit silent for hours and hours and hours before approaching one another about something that that has bothered us but i know i can tell when i've upset him Mm -hmm. i can tell immediately and he thinks that i can't but i can and so i try to alleviate it as best i can Mm -hmm. without much disruption but you know i if he has upset me it's it it seems like it's more of a kind of he still has to kind of try and figure out what he's done in the first place mm-hmm. before he can alleviate the problem. And so he's right. he's kind of more f- floundering out there a little bit before he figures out mm-hmm. because I'm not as vocal as I should be. So it's, you know. I might not be vocal, but you can tell. Like, I, I know where yeah. everything mm-hmm. on the outside because I am not. I'm, I've always been like, I should just keep it in, and it just never happens. <laughs> it doesn't. And um, even And then I can very... Jared also wears everything he feels. Yeah. And oh, so totally he, does. he was yeah. stressed at work yesterday about a bunch of stuff. And like, after we got back, we went out to the movies, got back and like, he get walk into the kitchen. You can see his whole body is tense. His forehead's like crinkled. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Cause sometimes I'm just annoying. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Like, oh, believe right. it or not, uh, <laughs> I can be annoying. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you all didn't notice yet. And so I was like, what's going on? Tell me what's wrong. And mm-hmm. finally, like, he, he came out with, like, work was stressing him out. Yeah. I'm like, well, thank you. I don't yeah. know if it was work or something else, because I can do a hundred different things. Oh, I know. I can piss you off. Yeah. In, like, two seconds left. So I was just mm-hmm. like, once I'm like, when you get like this, I just need to know what it is or that it's not me. And I don't need right. you to be like, it's nothing you did, because that makes me think I did, did something. something. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you're in this relationship with Matt, and I think you and Matt bid towards each other all the time. Oh my goodness. Do you feel, looking back in retrospect in your previous marriage, that you were doing the bidding? Or do you think you did it more at the beginning and then it faded away? Or do you think it was always not there? Do you think it was this, not there. It was not there. It was not there. I was so young. Mm-hmm. I had a child when I met Roger. And he loved me and he loved my kid Mm -hmm. and I loved the attention and I learned to love him and I learned to appreciate what he could provide for me and my kid Mm -hmm. and we had three more kids together and I saw 
myself growing in a way that he wasn't growing and mm-hmm. I and and so we were both kind of moving in opposite directions we both saw our relationship going in different directions right and so um it just kind of fell apart from there and I don't want to say it fell apart but it it came to that point where that it was that one day it was that one day and and he said what's wrong and I just said you know I'm I'm Picturing myself living alone, and wow. and, and that's yeah. that was that was kind of where things kind of fell apart. I, you know, I offered to do counseling with him. Mm-hmm. He he denied that, right. and and um, and he and so because we didn't do counseling and we didn't work on it together, mm-hmm. I think we both at that point realized that our relationship wasn't going to build. And and there was things that he did wrong. There was things that I did wrong, and we both were wrong, but we both were right. And so it just was like you know what? Let's just cut our losses. Mm-hmm. We've got four great kids. Yeah. And and you do have four great. kids. Oh my god, they're amazing. They're awesome. They're freaking amazing. All four of them. I can't even tell you. And then, um, you know, it was it was when that rela- relationship was definitely done and over and absolutely irreconcilable mm-hmm. and that's when I met Matt and when I met Matt it was kind of like oh gosh here we go mm-hmm. you know it was very quick it was yeah. very quick and he and I were both you know within a year of separating from our spouses we both did not expect to meet each other so soon. We both had this immediate rush of emotions that we both had neither felt before Mm -hmm. because we both had entered into these marriages young. We both had children. He, he married a woman who had a child. I married Roger and we had two kids at that point. I had Malcolm before I met Roger and then Miranda was at the wedding as well. Mm -hmm. So in many ways he and I mirrored Right through the years, I mean, we graduated high school together. Right, it was there was so many. It was so strange. Anyway, anyway, there's so many things. Um, but we 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 were at that point in our lives where we both recognized the value mm-hmm. of marriage and the value of a solid relationship. Right. But we both recognized that that was not going to happen with our first spouse, mm-hmm. and so we met each other within a year of separating from our spouses, and it was just kind of this tumultuous kind of oh my god I can't believe this is happening but I can't let you go kind of thing right totally understood and he was just he was my yin and I was the yang and it was it was like he was my absolute other half that I didn't even know existed very complimentary pieces oh my goodness like I could not even tell you like it was like I didn't I didn't realize there could be that many feels about a person that existed outside of you know my children because my children were my everything. Right. And then I met Matt. And I was like, what do I do with this? I don't know what to do with this. Because, I mean, I, I liked Roger. Roger was cool. And we had fun. We hung out. And it was mm-hmm. fun. And, yeah, I loved him because he was around and he cared for me and my family and, and kids. And, and, yeah, he was cool. But it was like it wasn't what Matt did to me. And so that's that's the extreme difference. Well, I love mean, has so many polar opposites. So many different levels to it. Oh, my it. God. And you continue to level and... Mm-hmm. You know, I've often 
thought of love as all these different planes or like rungs on a ladder that you Absolutely. can climb. But the, rather than being rungs on a ladder, because not every step is, is equal. And so, like, for example, you can love acquaintances that are mm-hmm. friends of yours on, on a level. <clears throat> and you can be in a, in a relationship where you say, I love you with someone that's a little bit above that. But then you can have your best friend that you love. Mm-hmm. And that person's above there. And so you've got all these layers of love. And in, in you and your first husband, you and Roger, were at one level. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. And, yeah. and then you met Matt and you're above. It's like when you first meet someone and fall in love, mm-hmm. 10 years down the road, just like with, you know, you, the love grows exponentially. Right. How I love Jared is now is not how I loved him when we said I love you 13 years ago. Right. You know, it's, it, right. it grows and you go, I can't believe I had this capacity. Right. And so you and Roger were, were content we didn't where have you that. were at yeah. for a while. Exactly. Because you didn't know any better. Right, exactly. We were content, and mm-hmm. we, we, we lived contentedly for a very long time mm-hmm. until we didn't. Right. And then we stopped it. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of how it went, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, so. And it's made you who you are today, and you've got four great kids. And, Absolutely. And, you know, look at how, how happy they are and how happy your children are for you guys to be, you and Matt to be together too. Oh my God. How neat is that, that they can embrace that and be all over that. That's (laughs) awesome. Oh my goodness. My, my kids, they, they just adore him, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can remember, you know, like when I met Matt and we, things were, were moving along and things were going great. And, and then the two little boys and he's got two little boys. He's got, he's got his oldest who was his stepson. Um, but he, technically adopted him and so he's the he's the dad he is the only dad that brian has had Mm -hmm. and um and then he's got uh gabe and caleb and you know i came along when gabe was five and caleb was three and um what are you doing i'm looking at my next topic sorry okay good i'm totally lost I have such a bad focus adhd you're talking about man was the matt was the dad he didn't have to be and then Is he had his other saying? two kids. You're talking mm-hmm. about his first. Oh, yes. I was talking about how much my kids yeah. love him. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes, because he's a good man. He he himself was raised by a man who um, adopted a son, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's kind of it has perpetuated itself, and my kids adore him. My daughters, um, you know, Abigail just she <laughs> she she'll see Matt and I hugging, mm-hmm. and she'll like push herself she'll shimmy herself in between us she i mean forcefully yeah forcefully and she'll be like somebody ordered an abby <laughs> which is adorable and cute and you know just it because is. who are who people see as is family and parents is not always right necessarily someone that that was that role by blood which is why people that are adopted are happy but i know so many situations where um people have come together and and created that role. So Jared has an uncle, and I hope it's okay to tell his story. I'll have to have him ask, or mm-hmm. have to have him review it. Yeah, check the time and make yes. sure. <laughs> um, Jared has an uncle who <clears throat> was adopted by his grandfather, essentially. Okay. Old enough, and it was and it was not the greatest of circumstances. His parents were still around, um, I believe, or maybe one of his parents had died. I can't, and my brain is going fuzzing the details, but he was old enough to know that he'd been given away. Okay. And Jared's grandfather adopted him. 
And what's funny is I always thought they looked alike. I had no idea they weren't actually blood-related because Mm -hmm. he was actually related to Jared's grandmother, not Jared's grandfather. Okay. And so he's adopted. Um, uh, The grandmother passed away, um, like, 30-some years ago, okay? Mm -hmm. Even though he's obviously grown up at this point. um, But still, you know, 30 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, But he's still there. Well, unfortunately, we lost Tuffy this last year, Jared's grandpa. Mm -hmm. And... He'd been um, dealing with some medical issues over the past year, but at one point it had come out that Jared's uncle had said, I will only ever call him dad. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, other people like Jared's dad will call him Tuffy, you know, people will call him Tuffy or Dwayne or whatever. And he goes, Mm -hmm. to me, he's always dad. Mm -hmm. And it all boiled down to because of how he was treated and how he was loved. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it always like, just like that they're this like, you know, Mm-hmm. The things you don't think about the every day. That's why he always right. called him dad because he was the dad right. in his life. The one that showed him how to be a man and how to be treat other people and all of these other things. Yeah. See, I knew the tears were going to come at some there point. There they are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there yeah. they are. So. Well, it, it's, 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 it, it, absolutely. I mean, those who teach our, our husbands yeah. and our husbands' fathers how to be men. Yes. They're amazing people. They amazing are. people. I mean, Matt's dad was raised by a single woman mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s. Oh, my goodness. And that's, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. Mm-hmm. But this woman, Grandma Page was her name, Laura Page. She was phenomenally strong. Yeah, she'd have to Phenomenally be. strong. And she was an amazing, God-fearing woman. And she she lived the life that she talked about. She walked she, the walk. She walked the walk. That's she awesome. was there and she supported her family 100%. And I told Matt when she passed away, I said, your grandma was so amazing because she always looked for the next reason to be proud of you. That's awesome. She always looked for the next thing. The next, what else, what else can I be proud of? What else have you done? I want to know more. I want to know, you know, tell me, tell me. And, you know, and it's, it's, you know, and so his dad is this amazing, strong man, Mm -hmm. but he was not raised by a man. He was raised by a single woman. And so there's the, you know, it's, he grew up in a time when Mm -hmm. you didn't have, what do you mean you have a, you only have a mom? That's not, that's not okay. Well, yeah, it is okay. And not only is it okay, but he came out and he turned out to be a phenomenally strong man. I mean, he is a very strong man. He is physically strong and emotionally strong and mentally strong. And he is, he is, um, he's a pretty cool guy. Right. You know, that, how awesome is that? And it's, yeah. you know, like once again, it's better to have mm-hmm. parents that are happy yeah. and healthy and strong yeah, absolutely. To, to, to raise us through life and get us through there than to have parents that are, that are miserable. Cause you know what? Maybe she mm-hmm. knew that finding someone else wasn't her thing. It wasn't right. for her. And, right. And she never remarried and she raised mm-hmm. Don to be a good, strong, God loving man. Right. And then Don had, um, two wives. Mm hmm. And his his uh, third wife is the one who ended up being Matt's stepmom mm-hmm. for the duration, and she's still around, and she's a strong, spunky woman too. So it's like, you know, Matt has had these incredible people to um, to be his influences towards him, and you know, nobody's perfect. We all fall, we all stumble, we all have to pick ourselves back up again, and you know, it's. You know, seeing life struggles and life changes is hard right. when you're a kid, when you're growing up. But Matt has evolved as this caring, loving, nurturing man 
And I don't even, I don't think he realizes how strong and caring and nurturing he truly is. You and, know, hey, that's, that's, it's amazing. And that's how it turns out. And so speaking mm-hmm. of strong, wonderful, amazing women, mm-hmm. we're going to go to the complete opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hop on close, over. Can we close our, can our, close our article? article. Okay. We're on to our next topic. Uh, we don't have a Ask Mama Claire question this week, but we do Rats. have a new segment on here. Yay. And people, please feel free to nominate um, people as well. We are all set for the Twatsicle Award. It's about time. Exactly. <laughs> Twatsicle is one of my favorite words, and so I think we needed an award to go along with it. And we have a Twatsicle of the Week, the complete opposite uh-huh. of Matt's grandmother. Yes. <laughs> Child five, injured head after mom left him alone at McDonald's for half an hour. Oh, good for her. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Linda mm-hmm. Jaber, 40. Oh, 40. 40. Should have known better. Was jailed Wednesday night on a charge of child endangerment in connection with the June 11th incident at the Bell Road McDonald's in Hober Glen. Jaber only spent about five hours in prison, though, before they released her. Mm-hmm. However, she, um... She probably didn't go oh home to her gosh. child, who was probably in protective services. An employee told deputies she saw the woman enter the restaurant with a five-year-old child, then leave without the child, enter a vehicle, and drive away. The employee said the child was alone in the play area for approximately 30 minutes. During that time, the child fell and struck his head, causing a bruise. When Jaber, a Worth resident, returned, she was told of her son's injury and was advised to take him to emergency care. She went to Aldi to shop for a little bit, was her response. Well, those McDonald's workers were better than I, because as soon as that woman got in her car and drove away, I'd have called Child Protective Services. She would not have been able to come back and say, oh, I can do that now? Oh, no. 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 You abandoned your child. You just got in your car and drove away. You were gone for more than five minutes. Because I understand that everybody kind of forgets from time to time. You know, people will walk away and their kid's still in the car seat. I get it. But no, I don't get it. Because you don't forget your freaking children. Uh, You just don't. Because, okay, you just took your heart out of your chest and put it in the car seat. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Right. You can't walk without your beating heart. Right. I'm sorry. I've never... I'm absolutely strict about that. I I just can't... I can't Mm -hmm. wrap my head around my kid just died in the car. I can't wrap my head around that. I can't either. I can't wrap my head around... I just left my kid at McDonald's for half an hour. I can't... No. No! Are you kidding I me? No, I can't either. Well, and it wasn't an accident. She said she she said she went to shop to went to just went to Aldi to shop for a little bit. But right. what makes you think you can leave your five year old right. in a public place? Like, aren't you afraid someone's going to take your kid? Right. No, obviously she's not. Obviously she's not. Yeah. But because she's it's not her heart. Yeah. I've never left my kid in the car. Mm-mm. I've never forgotten about them. Oh my um, god! Can I you tell for- a story? <laughs> I've forgotten they're in the car. I almost took my daughter to preschool today after I dropped her at actual school today. Oh, because I'm so used to taking her there. Sure. I'd already put her in safe care somewhere else, but right. I assumed she was still with me. I've right. done that before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where she's in a safe place, and I uh-huh. thought she was still with me. Only, right. and I didn't forget her. It was right. just habit. Today, this morning was habit, but still. Yes, yes, please tell your funny story. My funny story is we went to the beach one time and. Miranda was in a car seat, so she had to be about three or four months old because mm-hmm. she was born in March. Right. And Malcolm was four, and uh, Roger had taken all of the stuff back to the car. He'd taken the cooler and the blankets and the this and the that's and the toys and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I picked up all the garbage, and I was walking back to the towards the car to put all the garbage in the garbage can, and Malcolm was screaming 
at the top of his lungs, you got for the baby! (laughs) And that's kind of been our family thing ever since. You got for the baby because he thought that I was forgetting the baby on the beach. Oh my goodness. Because Roger had gone all the way to the car and I was just walking to the garbage can, which was in the same direction as the the car. And so Malcolm went into an absolute shit panic attack at four years old. Like you wouldn't believe screaming. Yeah, well, it's his sister. And he just, you know, he... He didn't. He didn't love her because he's a big brother, but he didn't want me to forget the baby. Of course not, because he's Malcolm and he's cool. <laughs> In case you haven't met him, he's cool. He's still cool. He's still cool. Okay. Just, just so we're clear, Malcolm is cool, and was just making sure I wouldn't get arrested because he doesn't care about his sister. Okay. Oh my gosh. So our twas- Maybe a little. So our classical word of the week <laughs> goes to this crazy Jaber woman who was 40 years old and should have known better than to leave her five-year-olds in the att- care of attendants at McDonald's. Yes. And if you're going to do that, you know, there, there are people who will love your child. There are. Find a family member who would rather take care of your child than you. Because obviously you're not. And, you know, it makes you sad, too, because what kind of life is that kid actually getting? Right. You know, the kid's not getting a good life, and it's, mm-hmm. it's very tragic, and it's very sad. The, and... You know, what, what, what is wrong with letting your child believe that they are important to you? What, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with growing up feeling you are important to at least one person. Yes. If not two. I mean, but even just that one person can make you feel important. Mm-hmm. You're going to grow up, and you're going to be successful. Maybe not right away, but eventually you're going to find... Because you have a, that instills in you a sense of self-importance, which you can then pass on, mm-hmm. you know, and if you, because if you don't feel like you're important, if you don't feel like you're contributing to the world, then you kind of flounder and you get, you get lost. And that's when, you know, disease takes over or afflictions mm-hmm. take over or, you know, abuses take over or, you know, habits take over and shit takes over if you don't maintain your own sense of self. Absolutely. And that is so well said. I'd like to thank you so much for all of your wonderful pearls of wisdom tonight. I feel like you have given us so much um, good things to take back and to digest and to think through because there is so much good stuff, not in this article and all that's out there and in the world around us. We just have to find the good in the other people and just keep um, encouraging that in ourselves, in our spouses, in our friends, our neighbors, even the people that are terrible to us we have to try and and push the good and encourage that and keep going absolutely can can i just say one thing in this in this article that i did highlight which i there was one thing that says um kindness doesn't mean that we don't express our anger but there was something else that was more oh here we go even in relationships where people are frustrated it's almost always the case that there are positive things going on and people trying to do the right thing. A lot of times a partner is trying to do the right thing, even if it's executed poorly. So appreciate the intent. Oh, beautifully written. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yes. Yes. Beautifully... So that's, that's the, I think that's probably the most important thing that comes out of that is, you know what? You tripped and you fell and you knocked over the birthday cake and everything's broken and mm-hmm. except you were bringing me a little diamond. Absolutely. And thank you. And you know, (laughs) yes, the road to hell may be paved with good intentions. However, 
we have to remember we have to be we have to be conscious of what is a good intention and mm-hmm. what is repetitive bad behavior. Exactly. Those are two different completely things. Completely different. Completely two different. Completely yeah. different things. Yeah. And you know, once again, it depends on how it's how the intentions are. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there it's okay that things don't work out sometimes. And it's I don't okay think to pe- screw up. And it's okay. And I don't think people are told that enough. It's okay if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and hopefully people can come to terms with that and and move on to happier and healthier relationships and go from there. And it can happen. And it can happen. You're living proof. I'm living proof. Yay. So I'd like to thank my special guest, Amanda, for coming here tonight. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. I'm super excited to be here. I was looking forward to doing this for a long time. I feel like we could do another, like, four episodes, like, right now. I think we could. (laughs) I think we could, but I think we should pause (laughs) since we're at, like, a minute or an hour 20 already. And we only have a little bit of wine left. And we only have a little bit of wine left. So um, don't forget to listen to all of the other great shows out there in the Disease Network. You're going to get a disease, something, gate, um, that just happened. And Das Drunks um, email us at um, Disease Network Has VD. (laughs) Disease Network Has VD. Yeah, at gmail.com or hit us up at AskMamaClaire at (laughs) gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Dialogues and also, of course, follow us on Facebook. I should probably follow you on Twitter. You should probably no, follow Instagram. Me Instagram. I, I have I not been Twitter. good on posting, but I'm going to keep trying to so do that. Bad about as, um, tweeting. I got yelled at for being on my phone at work, so that, that cuts down to my oh. tweet time. Sorry, folks. We'll try and up that up a little bit more. But thank you all again. And remember, don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. <laughs> no, no, no.